Happy Pride from Tomboy X. Celebrating pride and the queer community all year. Queer founded, queer run, and the makers of the original boxer briefs for women. Creating sustainable size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies so you feel comfortable in your own skin. Tomboy X just dropped their Pride 24 collection. Obsessively fit tested for all day comfort in sizes 3 extra small through 6X. Visit TomboyX.com. My whole life, I've been told this one story about my family, about how my great-great-grandmother was killed by the mafia back in Sicily. I was never sure if it was true, so I decided to find out. And even though my Uncle Jimmy told me I'd only be making the vendetta worse, I'm going to Sicily anyway. Come to Italy with me to solve this 100-year-old murder mystery. Listen to The Sicilian Inheritance on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, from Wonder Media Network, I'm Jenny Kaplan, host of Womanica, a daily podcast that introduces you to the fascinating lives of women history has forgotten. We've always been intrigued by stories of disappearances, whether it's a fraudster from the 17th century who kept evading the authorities or a novelist who taunted the Nazis and faked her own death. We all want to know what happened next. To find out, listen to Womanica on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi. Before this episode begins, I just want to make sure that you know this series gets into some things that might be triggering for some listeners, specifically suicide and depression. If you or someone you know is struggling with suicidal thoughts, please seek assistance from a mental health professional or visit the National Institute of Mental Health's website at nimh.nih.gov for resources. If you're currently in crisis, you can call 1-800-273-TALK-8255 or text the word HELLO to 741-741 to speak to someone right away. Thanks for listening. Britney Spears' music video for her 2009 single, If You Seek Amy, tells a story that's familiar to followers of her career. It starts in a dark bedroom, littered with lingerie, booze, and half-naked models. It's the morning after a rager, and Britney is at the center. Mascara smudged, the epitome of sex appeal. Bad Britney. But after a lot of gyrating and hairography, she abandons her bustier for a pink polo shirt and white skirt cardigan over her shoulders. She steps out the front door into a perfectly manicured lawn, where she's joined by a country club husband and two kids. A swarm of photographers rushes to them. This is good Britney. Star Britney. The archetype of the all-American dream. This tension has been a cornerstone of Britney's career and the story she tells with her music. It's a story that goes all the way back to Baby One More Time, the good girl gone bad, the image of perfection shattered, the sexy and liberating in-between. But watching the If You Seek Amy video now, I see another story too. Inside the house with its shuttered windows and shadows is a private space. Somewhere Britney can be her uninhibited self to name and explore her darker truths in the company of trusted others. Before she steps out into the world and faces the public with its prying eyes and camera flashes, though, she has to transform, to put up an image of perfection. A few months after If You Seek Amy was released as a single, as it climbed the pop radio charts, Alex and I became friends. 
I have vivid memories of us blasting it in his bedroom or driving down the highways of Chicago, windows down, the two of us going wild as it boomed from the car speakers. In the song itself, which is just one massive double entendre, Britney goes on a metaphorical search for a woman named Amy. I can't get her off my brain, she sings. The frenetic energy of the video and the song remind me of my own search for Alice, the anonymous figure Alex befriended in Britney fan forums. I don't know how long they talked or when they last did, but I do know that he was still thinking about her in his final days, enough to include audio files of them talking in his otherwise short farewell email. How do you call? Do you have like a like an app or whatever? <laughs> no, from my phone. I'm Chris Stedman, and this is Unread, Episode 3, If You Seek Alice. Can you teach me how to be an investigative journalist in like the next 30 minutes? (laughs) (laughs) That'd be super helpful. (laughs) Uh, Yes, I can in that it's a job that's not a job. I mean, all you have to do is be good at looking for things. Okay. I mean, anybody who lives on the internet right now is probably decent at searching for stuff. You can do it. That's my friend Carrie. We've known each other for almost a decade. We met as speakers at a skeptics convention, a gathering of people who share interests like scientific skepticism, atheism, agnosticism, and just generally questioning things. I was smoking in the hotel lobby. It was Las Vegas, and I was a little shit back then. When Carrie and I started talking, she told me smoking was bad, so I signed my pack of Parliament lights for her and wrote, don't smoke, on it. She still has that pack on display in her apartment. Carrie is an investigative journalist, an excellent one. She co-hosts the podcast Oh No, Ross and Carrie and holds a master's degree in journalism from the University of Southern California. Do you have a Spokio account? I don't. Okay, I do. And it can be pretty good for reverse looking up phone numbers and emails. Logging on to Spokio is literally the most beginner's thing you can do when looking for a person. So the fact that I haven't even done that should tell you where I'm starting. Fortunately, Carrie is no beginner. Carrie was also one of the first people I reached out to in the moments after getting Alex's email. She helped me process it, and then we snapped into action, hoping there was still a window. First, she helped me connect with the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline so that I could arrange a wellness check at the most recent address I had for Alex. As I was on the phone with them, Carrie was digging away, as she does, eventually finding what we thought was his sister's phone number, but turned out to be his mom's. (sighs) That was a hard call. I'm reaching out to Carrie again because finding Alice feels impossible, and I don't know anyone who's found the unfindable more often than she has. But to understand why this search feels like such a shot in the dark in the first place, you have to understand Alice's world. When I start, she's nothing but a fragmented voice that sounds like Britney's and a trail of internet accounts that seem to no longer exist. 
What I'm saying is, to understand how to find Alice, you have to understand the space from which she emerged, the strange, ephemeral, online world of a Britney stan. If you've spent even a little time on social media, you've almost certainly bumped into a stan. The term stan often gets traced back to the Eminem song of the same name, about a diabolically obsessed fan. Today, it's used to refer to an artist's most fervent devotees, people whose very identities orient around their love of a star. You can find them in the replies to every tweet about a celebrity, especially a pop star, and probably half of unrelated tweets, too. Stream Good Days here, they write in all caps below every SZA tweet with links to the song on each streaming platform. Lana outsold, they reply to a tweet about climate change or the death of Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Stands are all over the internet. Most of the time, that's how they find one another and where they do their good work. They also congregate in more private spaces, online enclaves of their own making, typically forums. They're known for being zealous in both their adoration for and defensiveness of their chosen artist. Perhaps the most notable example can be found in the Barb's or Nicki Minaj fans, who I will never say an ill word about, both because I think her album Queen didn't get the love it deserved and because I'd like to know peace. The Barb's also exemplify something central to the Stan phenomenon. Stan groups begin with a shared love for an artist, but they become much more than a fan club. These groups develop characteristics, language, norms all their own. Barbs aren't just Nikki fans. Being a Barb is a lifestyle. That's because online stan groups are, at their core, communities. Places where people find a sense of identity and language for their experiences. Where they cultivate a feeling of purpose and coherence that helps them make sense of their world. Almost like a religion. It's no surprise, then, that these communities often include more marginalized members of society, queer people in particular. Stands build their own digital universes to inhabit, refuges built for and by them. But these groups aren't bubbles. They shape the culture around them, too. The discourse surrounding Britney is a perfect example of this influence. Empathy toward her, once relegated to stand spaces, now dominates the conversation. This is true more indirectly, too. The Britney references of today are more playful than cruel, often framing her as a stand-in for all of us instead of a punchline. Whether it's a screenshot of an early career interview where Britney says, everyone's been doing emails, or a gif of her turning around in the middle of a concert as if she just noticed something, hundreds of moments from Britney's career have become well-loved memes. Beyond these little flashes, a broader period of her life now serves as a meme, too. If Britney Spears survived 2007, I can survive today, is a mantra for the times. But the Britney memes of today are not just a result of people mining the past. Her current Instagram output inspires them, too. People recreate videos of her doing fashion shows down the hallway of her home or post videos of her twirling and making silly faces in front of the camera with captions like, what my NSA agent sees through my webcam. And don't even get me started on all the memes that were born when she casually mentioned accidentally burning down her own gym in an Instagram video. So many of these memes emerge in Britney's stand spaces and, eventually, shape our view of the world too. Yet, even as stands define our online experience, there's so much more going on in their communities than meets the eye. 
It's in this wonderland that I hope to find Alice. But first, I have to go down the rabbit hole. Fortunately, I know just the rabbit. I don't know how are you, but I'm like a child. I like like imaginary things. It's like when you watch a performance on television, you just want to believe it's all real, even though it's not. But I don't care. I don't want to know. I want to have a fantasy. That's Dua again. I went to him to understand the culture of Britney's standum a bit more and the relationships forged in it. He starts by explaining why he got involved in the first place. I'm 23 years old. I just got out of my first and only straight relationship. Um, <laughs> I'm done with college and I'm back with my parents. I'm overeating and I go online. Like that's my life, you know, purely online. And, you know, since I don't have much hobbies in my life, one of them is Britney Spears. I go and um, I had no idea that there's like whole side dedicated to Britney Spears, which makes sense, you know, but like I'm from Croatia. For his first few months on this Britney fan forum, he mostly just read threads and kept up on Britney news. Eventually, he decided to dive in, and he quickly found it was the perfect outlet for his particular sense of humor. As soon as he started shitposting, Duet found his match in another poster, who went by the name Ambient Hollow. That was Alex. He was morbid, he was fun, he made fun of Britney, but not like, you know, he was a comedian like that, and... uh, at one point, we just started talking, and we went from the site, you know, to emails. Once they moved their conversations off the forum, things turned more serious. Due opened up to Alex about his life. He's the first person that I came up to as a homosexual, which might sound <laughs> shocking to some people, because I have, like, mustache and everything. But, um, yeah, I think I was late bloomer for a lot of things, and Alex certainly wasn't. So it was like this person that I could talk to for hours. And Alex opened up to Dua about his. He's the first person I actually ever heard that was dealing with depression. And I remember reading about it because I really wanted to be like a good friend, even though like he's on another continent. They would get lost in conversation, swept up in the magic of finding a space where they could be themselves. Seriously, I would stay up late till 5 a.m. in the morning because his time, and we would just talk forever. And we would, you know, create this content on the forum. When they did, they weren't just sharing a love of Britney, but also building a new world, their world, together. I never met a person in my environment that loves Britney Spears. So when I realized, you know, he loves Britney just as much as I do, and we can just take that love and build, you know, imaginary topics, it was such a high. Stan communities are little ecosystems, small universes, places that are not only built around a star, but where new stars rise. Due and Alex, who both felt disempowered in other parts of their lives, became celebrities in their own little corner of the Britney standum. You know, I don't want to be this braggy guy, but we were really famous there. <laughs> like, I remember one time we, we got suspended and we had people signing petitions to bring us back. It was fun. It was a really great period of my life, even though I was just by myself in the room. But, like, he was my buddy. One thing they bonded over was lovingly teasing Britney. That could get them in trouble on the forums. Fans could be extremely defensive of her, and for good reason. But sometimes, they'd get mad at Alex and Duet even when they weren't making fun of her. Seriously, like, people discuss mental health, 
and who better to discuss that you know than Alex? And people will report that because they thought we are making fun of her. To be fair, though, Dua and Alex would make fun of her, too. They're not some anomaly, though. This is a thing in stan culture. Something that, from the outside, might not make sense. Yes, Britney stans will destroy you if you say a single bad word about her. But on the forums they call home, you will also find a sea of memes teasing Britney. In fact, there's an entire genre of meme popular among her stands based on a single unflattering photo of her, who they've named Nade. Even if you're not familiar with it by name, you've probably seen the photo. It's the one where Britney is sitting in her booth and kind of like looking really over it and like, well, just look it up for yourself. Anyway, tabloids might initially popularize images like this, but stands are the reason they're seared into a corner of your brain if you spend any time online. For many stands, the teasing is just another way of expressing love. I don't know how you are with your family, but like, I never really said to my sister, like, I love you or anything nice. You know, when you love somebody like that, you just poke fun of it and hope people will understand. This is also a very queer thing. Here's former MTV BJ Dave Holmes again, who I reached out to for help understanding Britney's connection to her queer fans. In the early 21st century, right, queer people are coming out earlier. Um, the internet makes it easy for you to find your tribe at 13 rather than at 26. And also, there is, we have to acknowledge that there is a a queer gaze. You know, there is a there is a gay man's way of loving particularly a diva that is part adoration and is also part making fun. The love comes with with a crack, with a devastating comment. While once kept to more marginal spaces, stan culture and queer culture at large has helped port this phenomenon to the mainstream. Today, we playfully drag those we love most, our favorite celebrities, but also one another, while protecting each other's humanity when a real attack comes. The demand to honor Britney's dignity first gained major notice with Chris Crocker's iconic Leave Britney Alone rallying cry. Her song is called Give Me More for a Reason because all you people want is more, 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 more! Leave her alone! Crocker may have been roundly mocked at the time, but that cry is actually what got me to start paying attention to her humanity. While many of us were late to Crocker's party, a lot of people are there now. For many attendees, though, especially the most ardent ones, it's not just about Britney's dignity, but also their own. I think gay men are still reflexively used to indirect representation. Like you're still, all all boys are taught to stifle their emotions and push their feelings down and never be sad and never be vulnerable. You gotta stuff all that shit down. And so where 50 years ago, gay men were attracted to over the top actresses, because that was like a way to launder emotion. It was like, you can, you can, I can't have my emotions, but you can have them for me and I can like kind of feel it along with you. I think she was a little bit that for young gay men. I don't think I understood the depth of people's connection and devotion to and with her, like until I started seeing the free Britney movement. And it's really, 
it is felt very deeply. Happy Pride from Tomboy X. Celebrating pride in the queer community all year. Queer founded, queer run, and the makers of the original boxer briefs for women. Creating sustainable size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies so you feel comfortable in your own skin. Tomboy X just dropped their Pride 24 collection. Obsessively fit tested for all day comfort in sizes 3 extra small through 6X. Visit TomboyX.com. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart's Outspoken Network for a year, and what a year it has been. Every weekday, I navigate our rapidly changing world alongside our series of fabulous expert guests. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Woke not just to the latest headlines, but also to the collective power we all have. Woke to the need to build community with those around us. Woke to how to avoid burnout and woke to the ways we can all find joy in the madness. Make Woke AF Daily with Danielle Moody your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. And tune in to hear the ways I am working to stay grounded amidst it all. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I never thought I'd take my three young kids to Sicily to solve a century-old mystery. But that's what I'm doing in my new podcast, The Sicilian Inheritance. Join us as we travel thousands of miles on the beautiful and crazy island of Sicily. As I trace my roots back through a mystery for the ages and untangle clues within my family's origin story, which has morphed like a game of telephone through the generations. Was our family matriarch killed in a land deal gone wrong? Or was it by the Sicilian mafia? A lover's quarrel? Or was she, as my father believed, a witch? Listen to The Sicilian Inheritance on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Britney fan forums where Alex and Duet met were a profoundly tight-knit world. But the fans in these forums weren't just posting. Sometimes, they would meet in a tiny chat. Voice chat rooms that were popular among some message board users in the early 2010s to talk over audio instead of just through text. It's in one of these audio group chats where a user popped up one day who shook their entire world. I remember, like, you know, you would go to tiny chat because you were like, um, you, you just wanted to spend some time. And at a time, this girl, she would come in and she sounded exactly like Britney would. And the thing that really was fun, she never claimed to be Britney, which only like gave her credit to be Britney. She would come in and she would just talk random everyday stuff. She would laugh as Britney. She would giggle as Britney. You know, everything signature she would do. My Twitter, my Twitter is Banana Alice. And I created it today. And, um... Banana Alice. Oh my God. Banana Alice. No. Okay. It's like it's like this. Wait, can you post it on the little chat thing, like down here, in that little box? Mm-hmm. Yeah, there. I'm typing it out. No, someone posted it already. Oh. Alice, you already got five followers. I was one of the. I'm one of those followers. I tweeted. Okay, so Alice, 
if you're <laughs> my most played song of all time is Piece of Me with 830 plays. True life, oh my I'm God. a nerd. <laughs> oh. Wow. And so the audiences with Alice began. They'd talk about mundane things like cooking. I, I like to cook. You probably don't have a favorite recipe either. It's fun. Do you? Do you have a favorite recipe? No, I don't have a favorite recipe or anything, but I like making lasagna. What kind of job she should get. You have such a sweet voice, you should be like a telemarketer or something. Oh, yeah. No, she should be Britney <laughs> fucking Spears. Ha, I'm calling from, you know, and I'm trying to sell this. L.A. The music she was listening to. Do you have any yeah. recommendations for, like, new music, Alex? Um, ooh, I don't know. I really like this guy named Ron Pope. He's really cool. He's like, he's a guy from New York, and he's, um, I like him a lot. She'd even get a bit maternal with them in moments, telling overly excited stands to go to bed. No, I didn't sleep at all. You haven't slept at all? No, I've been oh my god. Go, oh my spears. god, go to bed. <laughs> go to bed. No way. At first, it was an exclusive club. First couple of times she were there, there wasn't that many people on Tiny Chat. It was like 15 people or something. But then lore about this mysterious figure started to spread, and stands would join Tiny Chats in the hope of holding court with this uncanny Britney sound-alike. She was almost like a mirage, there for a moment, then just as quickly back into the shadows. And then... She kind of stopped, you know, showing up. But she didn't vanish completely. Alice, like Due, talked to Alex outside of the Tiny Chats. I remember Alex telling me that she once had a talk with her and that actually it was like um, this depressed person as well. He never talked to Alice one-on-one, but Dua says Alex told him they bonded over mental health. He has no idea if their connection went beyond the one conversation Alex mentioned to him, though. It's been almost a decade since those Alice tiny chats. I asked Dua if he had any thoughts about where I might look for her now. If I was trying to find more information about Alice online or, like, some of the other people who were in the chat with you and Alice and Alex, like... I don't like, really know how you can... Because Tiny Chat is not that banned side. And I think majority of those accounts are either banned or gone. Yeah, they were all anonymous and... So, you know, that's the problem. It is the problem. Which is why I need to go back to Carrie who I hope can help me cut through the fantasy and figure out how I might actually find this person. My first issue is a big one. I don't have much to go on. I don't even know if Alice is this person's actual name. Well, that's tougher because you're not starting with their name. You're not actually finding the person, you're finding the name first, right? So we begin going through what little I do have. We start with the texts between Alex and Alice. As I tell Carrie about them... I noticed that a couple have a kind of signature at the end. These text messages, there's really not much there, except that one of the messages, um, Alex said to Alice, oh my God, I want a taco so bad, hashtag deep. <laughs> and then she replied, why don't you go to Taco Bell, question mark, via Mo Plus, and then afterwards in parentheses, HTTP colon slash slash M-O-P-L dot U-S. And I've, I've never heard of this Mo Plus before. Yeah, what's that? Might be something to look into, I guess. I oh, know. yeah, definitely. Okay, Mo Plus. 
It's the best calling app available, Chris. <laughs> uh, says its website. So this person was using some calling app. Yeah. That's kind of interesting, though, because that seems like a way you would sort of uh, cloak your identity. Carrie looks around on their website. You could try. Uh, I do this stuff all the time, like sending an email just to really try to be extremely casual about it yeah. before they can get their defenses up. You might be able to get something that way. Yeah. No, I'll, I'll definitely try reaching out to them. See, look, all I, I'm talking to you and I've already, I'm already much further than I was before. <laughs> Next, we pour over the audio files Alex sent. Carrie uses headphones to listen while I poke around for more Alice info online. Every now and then, I hear Carrie laugh, and each time I guess which part in the audio she's at. As she listens, Carrie jots down usernames she hears other people in the tiny chat share as they discuss who's in the room. She points out that people often use different versions of the same handle for a bunch of services, so I put variations of those usernames into my search bar. It feels like we're making progress, but still, no solid leads. So, wanting something a little more interesting, I start reading up on Britney's Instagram, looking for anything resembling a clue. On November 1st, 2019, a day after Halloween and just over a month before Alex took his life, she had posted something that seems to fit the bill. The caption reads, oops, a day late, but hey, I was Alice this year for Halloween. Could mean something, but Alice in Wonderland is not exactly an obscure reference. I do this dance for a while, searching usernames, looking through Britney's Instagram. Carrie's right. Anyone with the internet can be an investigator. Most of us do it all the time. Background checks on our Tinder dates, stalking exes, even the ones we don't really give a shit about, looking for meaning in every other post. Everyone leaves a digital paper trail these days, and within a few minutes of Googling someone, we can piece together our own story of who they are based on the fragments we find. But how do we know what's real? On the surface, Alex's digital paper trail, at least the one associated with his birth name, didn't tell the full story. Alex started using the internet early, and from the beginning, he didn't play by the rules. As a 10-year-old, he started trolling mostly grown-up movie fans on a message board. He'd post reviews of movies that hadn't even been released yet. The adults were not amused. As more people moved into the virtual world with the rise of MySpace and Facebook, Alex took a similar approach to those spaces. While everyone else was using social media to share engagement photos, college graduation posts, and job announcements, Alex used it almost exclusively like he did those forums, for humor, to play. Here's Shoshi recalling one especially memorable Facebook update. He made a post that I had had a kid. <laughs> <which I've laughs> oh my gosh, I remember that. Kids. And then, yeah. and then your dad, your dad, <laughs> yeah, my dad. Do you want to tell the story? <laughs> I mean, honestly, you probably remember it better than I do. I did remember it, but I wanted to get his wording exactly right. So I went digging through some files Alex left for us, and there it was, the fake pregnancy announcement. So that it's two screenshots. One is from Alex, it says three yes. hours ago. Yes. See and then the it says, finally able to break the news. My sister is pregnant with a baby boy. You go, <laughs> girl. Yes. 
Never thought I'd be an <laughs> uncle at such a young age. God bless. Can't wait until Thor <laughs> Emmanuel yes. blesses us with his presence. Um, heart emoji. And then below it is a screenshot from your dad's Facebook. And it says one hour ago. And it says, just learned that I am going to be a grandfather soon. Seems weird. <laughs> Seems weird, but good. <laughs> I remember being so mad at him for that. Because I had to then deal with the fallout of that. I'm sure. Um, and at that point, I did not think it was funny. At that point, people didn't, at least on social media, people did not think that people could troll like that at the same time that he's you know posting these silly things on social media throughout the years he's on message boards posting very serious things connecting with people meeting people you know all these people are seeing a side of him or he's showing these people a side of him or feeling comfortable enough to be super authentic in a way that he didn't ever feel like he could be on social media <laughs> hey guys, I'm better than you. Oh my god, I'm having so much fun on the beach. That's Alex in 2014, in a video he posted to Instagram with the caption, My short film inspired by, like, everyone on social media. James remembers a time Alex shared his frustrations about how a lot of people reacted to his Instagram posts. He had posted just like a shirtless photo of him outside, which got like, you know, hundreds of likes. And then he posts like a really beautiful picture of just like an open window and some landscape. And it got like no likes. And like in the comment section, he like calls out all his own followers for like not liking content unless it was like a sexualized picture of him like naked outside. I think it just speaks to like how conflicted he was about Instagram or social media and like loving it and also hating it at the same time. While social media left Alex feeling disillusioned, on forums, he could be his full, uninhibited self. Being himself in so-called real life often came with consequences. Back when he worked at that bagel shop with Beth in 2009, Alex would get reprimanded for playing music too loud or not having the details of the latest bagel special memorized. It was clear to Beth that Alex found so many of the job's rules pointless. Why memorize every kind of bagel when you could just turn around and look at the board behind you? I just remember, like, anger. And I don't mean rage. I just mean in response to him being too much or too annoying or whatever. If you were to get in trouble for being too much, um, music-wise or customer service-wise, it wasn't met with shame or worry. It was met with, like, anger and sarcasm or snippiness. Mm, irritation. Yeah. And I do think that probably was a big part of why he liked the internet so much. Cause he could kind of like, he didn't have to jump through any hoops. He could just like put whatever you he wanted out there. You can do whatever you want on yeah. the internet. And unless you get your account suspended, but yeah. <laughs> but yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah. And he, and he did a lot <laughs> all the time. Yeah. But it, it didn't cost him a paycheck or. Yeah, exactly. It cost him much. He just opened a new account. <laughs> and he did. <laughs> freedom. That's what the internet gave Alex. Freedom to express himself. Freedom from a world with so many pointless hoops to jump through. Hoops that can feel especially daunting when you're living with mental illness. 
Happy Pride from Tomboy X. We just dropped our Pride 24 collection. Queer founded, queer run, and creating size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies. So you feel comfortable in your own skin. Visit TomboyX.com to shop. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart's Outspoken Network for a year, and what a year it has been. Every weekday, I navigate our rapidly changing world alongside our series of fabulous expert guests. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Woke not just to the latest headlines, but also to the collective power we all have. Woke to the need to build community with those around us. Woke to how to avoid burnout and woke to the ways we can all find joy in the madness. Make Woke AF Daily with Danielle Moody your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. And tune in to hear the ways I am working to stay grounded amidst it all. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I never thought I'd take my three young kids to Sicily to solve a century-old mystery, but that's what I'm doing in my new podcast, The Sicilian Inheritance. Join us as we travel thousands of miles on the beautiful and crazy island of Sicily as I trace my roots back through a mystery for the ages and untangle clues within my family's origin story, which has morphed like a game of telephone through the generations. Was our family matriarch killed in a land deal gone wrong? Or was it by the Sicilian mafia? A lover's quarrel? Or was she, as my father believed, a witch? Listen to The Sicilian Inheritance on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Internet's promise of freedom from rules and gatekeepers is actually a big part of what fuels my fantasy that Alice and Brittany could be one and the same. Over the years, Brittany herself has used the internet to circumvent various gatekeepers. She rocketed to fame at the beginning of the internet era, but it wasn't until the late 2000s, in the midst of a media frenzy, that she really took to the internet to express herself publicly. During that time, Brittany's website became one of the only places where she could speak directly to people. Fans still talk about the posts she shared on her short-lived blog. Perhaps the most infamous was titled, You'll Never See It My Way, Because You're Not Me. Real talk, I'm like 90% sure I wrote a Zanga post with that exact same title at one point. Then, there's the first post on her blog, a poem entitled, Remembrance of Who I Am. It included a note, This is for everyone who thinks they know me. After years of Britney being almost untouchably famous, her blog seemed to offer her unfettered thoughts. Today, Instagram has taken center stage as a window into Britney's life. But in an era of highly polished celebrity social media accounts, when so many A-listers employ teams to carefully construct digital personas, Britney's Instagram stands out as feeling, like her blog, almost intentionally lo-fi and haphazard. On Instagram, it feels like Britney is really being Britney. Is it outlandish to think that this same Britney, who has regularly gone online to express herself and rejected the manicured approach to social media, might stumble into some online forums to chat with 15 or so trusted stands? 
Another thing fueling this fantasy is that I know for sure that Alex did connect with some of his favorite celebrities online. There was Mira Sorvino, star of Alex's all-time favorite movie, Romy and Michelle's High School Reunion. Alex left some of his passwords to Shoshi, including one to a Twitter account of his that somehow hadn't been suspended. In his DMs, there she was, Mira Sorvino, chatting it up with a fan. What we'd thought might have been a fantasy while Alex was alive, just one of the many funny, random, absurd things he'd text us about, had actually been real. Here's Lexi. You're sort of immersed in your own shit, and then like he sends you like a weird text being like, oh my god, I'm talking with Mira Sorvino. And you're like, what? Cool. Um, and it's like, obviously, like, I want to be supportive, but it's like in the back of my mind, I don't fully believe him, but like, I don't know if he actually is. That's amazing, you know, and turns out he was. There definitely like were moments of me like not believing him. And those moments were like probably when I was most immersed in my own mundane life. Alex was also always posting about his biggest celebrity crush, Fred Durst, the lead singer of Limp Bizkit. I know. Eventually, all of Alex's Durst tributes got Fred's attention, and he left an emoji comment on one of Alex's Instagram posts and viewed some of his stories. Alex talked about it for weeks. Thanks to the internet, fans can feel closer and more connected to their favorite stars than ever before. If Alex was interacting with the star of his favorite movie and his number one crush online, is it possible he was interacting with his favorite singer, too? I go back to my search for Alice, which, in a way, feels like embodying Alex's digital freedom. It is freeing to put my skepticism to rest and just dive in. Shoshi, an expert internet sleuth in her own right, offers to help and we decide to swap notes. Tell me what you found about Alice so far, because you're like the super sleuth extraordinaire. Well, I guess that when I first started doing the investigating, I was hoping that what I would find would be proof that it was Brittany. But while Shoshi's found a lot more than I have, other clips of Alice talking to people in tiny chats, some of her old tweets and other posts, she hasn't found proof. In fact, she's mostly found skepticism. As I started doing more investigating, I saw so many posts from people um, that said it definitely wasn't Britney. People are very passionate over this. That was one thing I found. There are a lot of posts where someone just asks, who is Banana Alice? And it's pretty hilarious to see. There are so many passionate responses saying, it's not Britney, this was from so long ago, it was just someone pretending, who cares, leave it alone. I tell Carrie about these discussion threads too. I mean, so what I'm getting from all of this is you have probably already a community of sleuths who are on this because it's just the sort of thing anybody would obsess over right if you're a Britney Spears fan and you think maybe you talk to Britney Spears like you've already (laughs) done a lot of the work Chris is now trying to do my feeling about it is that there's probably 
a lot of this footwork just sitting out there waiting for you um, in the form of these other fans. So I create an account on that forum to reach out to some of the people who say they interacted with Alice. While I'm waiting for it to get approved, I look in other parts of the online Britney stan world. I find a Twitter account that some Britney fans think is her latest secret profile. Then I spot a verified Twitter account belonging to an actor that follows and has interacted with it. I message him to ask why. A lot of fan sites were claiming it was her, he says. A friend of mine was following it and buying into a conspiracy that it must be her trying to reach out in anonymity. This response makes me think of Alex, how he was that friend for me, always sending me some new Britney theory, how he tried to get me to go into the tiny chats when Alice was there. I never fully integrated into Alex's online world, but he would invite me to dip my toes in. This was one of Alex's greatest gifts. He would pull you out of your own life and into his world. You felt like you could like step inside of this fantasy with him and like sort of escape your real life and like go into like fun Alex land. And a lot of times I would find myself not caring whether or not something was real. Even as Lexi and I and so many of his other friends went on with our own mundane lives, we benefited from the way Alex's weird online world liberated him and others. It seems to me now that so much of what Alex was doing for me, how he helped me expand the range of my voice over the years, was what these online stand communities were doing for him. I may never have joined in on the tiny chats myself, but my own world was better, more colorful, because of the people he met in them. As I continue to poke around on Twitter, I decide to look again for accounts that have a similar handle to the one Alice shared in one of the tiny chat recordings Alex sent me. I had done this a few times already, but before, I never bothered to reach out to the profiles I did find, figuring they were all copycats inspired by the lore of Alice. This time, when I search, there's an account I didn't see the last time I looked. One using the same username Alice once did. I tell myself that it's obviously not her that there's no way she could be hiding in plain sight, or that she would choose to return to Twitter during the exact window of time as my search for her. I almost don't reach out. But then, I imagine Alex's hairy ghost telling me to submit to the fantasy. Even if it isn't her, this person is obviously aware of Alice. So, I send a message, just in case they know something. Not sure I'll even get a reply. But the next day, I do. And she says it's her. It's Alice. Next time on Unread. Oh gosh, I'm just, my, I've had a stomach ache for the last three <laughs> days straight. I can't, oh, I can't imagine. I'm not going to respond to her immediately because I feel like this is such an online thing. I feel like I'm responding to her too quickly. <laughs> it's like I'm texting with somebody who I just met on an app or something. I'm like feeling like I'm responding too quickly. I don't want to be, I'm trying to play it cool, you know? It's like you're texting Alex on Instagram, like afraid he's just going to like disappear again.
Pride from Tomboy X, celebrating pride in the queer community all year. Queer founded, queer run, and the makers of the original boxer briefs for women, creating sustainable size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies so you feel comfortable in your own skin. Tomboy X just dropped their Pride 24 collection, obsessively fit tested for all day comfort in sizes three extra small through 6X. Visit TomboyX.com. My whole life, I've been told this one story about my family, about how my great-great-grandmother was killed by the mafia back in Sicily. I was never sure if it was true, so I decided to find out. And even though my Uncle Jimmy told me I'd only be making the vendetta worse, I'm going to Sicily anyway. Come to Italy with me to solve this 100-year-old murder mystery. Listen to The Sicilian Inheritance on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, from Wonder Media Network, I'm Jenny Kaplan, host of Womanica, a daily podcast that introduces you to the fascinating lives of women history has forgotten. We've always been intrigued by stories of disappearances, whether it's a fraudster from the 17th century who kept evading the authorities or a novelist who taunted the Nazis and faked her own death. We all want to know what happened next. To find out, listen to Womanica on the iHeartRadio app. Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.